0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA basketball podcast. I am your host Colin, here with my co-host Noah. Noah, what is cooking on this beautiful Sunday night?
1: Feeling pretty good, you know, it's pretty nice out today. Uh, My Milwaukee Brewers actually
0: beat your Chicago White Sox today in spring training. Whoa! Hold the phone, you're a Brewers fan? Yeah. Since fucking win, since they played the White Sox today,
1: nah. For like two years, two and a half years.
0: Wait, wait, wait hold the phone. Why the Brewers? It's such a. It's not a. It's not a big market by any means.
1: Uh, I wanted a team that was kind of like that I could actually go to a game of. So it was like I didn't want to be a fan of the Reds really because I didn't really like the Reds. Um, I didn't yeah. really want to be a fan of the Cubs because. So, yeah, uh, fuck the Cubs. I kind of, yeah, I don't like the Cubs. I know way too many people that are Cubs fan too. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll be a Brewers fan.
0: But why not? And, Tri-
1: and Christian Yelich is pretty cool.
0: Yelich yeah, is cool. They got Hader, too, who can just throw gas out of the bullpen. But other than that, I mean, the NL Central is wide open. The Brewers could make the playoffs this year because Cubs aren't going to do anything. The Cardinals could have a bit of a bounce back here, but... Yeah, and then the I like the
1: Padres $5. too. The Padres are pretty fun.
0: Well, the yeah, the Padres are. But just...
1: now they're a super team, so I can't like them, you know.
0: Yeah, the uh, the NL West is just it's. I think it's gonna be stupid. I think it's gonna be fun because every single regular season game between the Dodgers and the Padres is going to be like World Series caliber, and it's gonna be so intense because both teams are just crazy stacked. But yeah. The Sox, baby. I mean, we're we're set for something. We, uh, I, I tried to look at like the stats, and I they weren't even posted yet. So I, I did see that we lost. All this run eight to well one, hard. I believe. No, I think we put up three. No, you definitely put up one run. Whatever. I mean, it's the first. The guy we pitched, I'd never even heard of. He was some like thirty. He's like been in the league for five years. Seven to
1: two.
0: Seven to two. Yeah, that's right, baby. All right, uh, we're not the yeah. common man's baseball podcast. Yeah, we're not. What the are common we here to do? Baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you distracted me. Um, I'd like to apologize to the listeners for not being around last week. We got a little busy, and uh, schedules just caught up with us a bit. So we're back now. We are going to break down a bit of an odd fantasy week. We've got the All Star break coming up this week, so. Depending on how your fantasy league is set up, it, it's going to get a bit wonky, but the way that ours is set up and the way that I, I believe most are set up, correct, Noah? Yeah. It's the ESPN default setting. Since we have the All-Star break, uh, games are going to be played through Thursday, and then we're going to take a break, and then things pick up next Thursday. So get like a little bit of a week-long break, and then it's all going to be combined into one fantasy week. So, realistically, it's it's pretty much the same amount of games. Ah, I misspoke. It's next. So, you, we're going to skip from March 4th to March 10th, which is a Wednesday. And it's all going to be raveled into one fantasy week. So, you got to play it a little weird because um, you still have the same amount of matchup acquisitions, I believe and you're actually getting two extra days of fantasy basketball. No any anything you, you need to fill in the gaps, anything that I might have missed in, in my explanation there?
1: Uh yeah, so this week's going to be super important because when you look at the uh the long game week as a whole, a lot of teams play 6 games and a lot of teams play 5 games, but you I wouldn't make all your moves in the very beginning of the week. Because after the All-Star break, um, a lot of these guys who have been injured um, will start to hear rumors that they're going to come back after the All-Star break. You know, a guy like Christian Wood or a guy like Drew Holiday. So, um, definitely save some acquisitions for later in the week because it's going to be a while till that next Wednesday. It's going to feel like it.
0: Yeah. Well, I just want to record Drew Holiday actually played today a little bit. Oh, okay. So, he's he's kind of back. He was definitely, like, limited on minutes, but... But yeah, exactly. Like we're gonna start to see some of those characters come back, let guys get a week of rest for any lingering injuries. Um but it does make for a fun fantasy analysis week from us. So should we dive into the schedule of this limited four day first half?
1: Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so Colin and I are gonna cover um monday through thursday yeah. in this first episode and then next sunday we'll release an episode which will cover wednesday to sunday um we think this is a better way because so much news is going to come out um in between mm-hmm. these two episodes that it wouldn't really make sense to make one episode because you wouldn't be the most our listeners wouldn't be um you know caught up on the latest news yeah.
0: also what would we do next sunday then just like yeah i don't know stare at a wall i guess watch paint dry yeah so I thought I didn't want to do that. Paint's boring as shit. Like, I don't want to watch it dry. You know, it's not even cool when it's wet. That's my that's my whole thing with paint. But story for another day. Alrighty, let's uh, let's dive into this little schedule analysis. Um, looking at it, it's pretty simple actually. Eighty percent of the teams this week are, are playing two games. It's the way it works. I think mathematically that makes a lot of sense. We've got five teams that are playing three games, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves are the black sheep of the week, playing only one game, uh, which is good for any NBA fan because that means the worst team in the league. You don't have to watch as much, so that's always yeah. fun, right? Well, you know, save our eyes a little bit. So just going over that. Teams with three games. We have the Nuggets, the Pacers, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, and the Spurs. And then everybody else has two games. Do you want me to read them off now, or is uh, the listener good?
1: Uh, you should read them off in a Barack yeah. Obama accent or impersonation.
0: <clears throat> this week, with only two games, we have the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. And the Brooklyn Nets. That's as far as I'm going to go. I uh, I think it was short but sweet. I, I think the inflection was there, and I think the listener will agree that I sounded Obama-esque. And I will take that and run with it.
1: All right. Pretty good.
0: Give me a rating 1 through 10. 10 being Obama, 1 being, hey, come on, guy, what are you doing? If
1: you would have started it by saying "my fellow Americans," I probably uh, would have gave you like an eight or a nine. But yeah. without that, it's like a five or a six.
0: That's that's actually very reasonable. I can I can respect that. It was foresight on on my action, but I digress. Uh, do you want to you want to break down kind of like the back to backs and the heavy lifting of the days?
1: Yeah, so um, this week's going to be a pretty stacked four days. Um, the number of teams playing each day, on Monday, Tuesday, we have 14 teams playing on both days. Um, on Wednesday and Thursday, we have 18 teams playing. So you're going to have almost full, if not full, lineups um, probably all four days this week. And the teams that have back-to-backs this week, which is really important, um, is Denver and the Spurs have play on Monday, Tuesday. Um, so maybe watch out for LaMarcus Aldridge to sit out a game. And the Spurs also have guys um, that are still coming back from health and safety protocols. Like, I know a guy like Derek White has already rolled out for tomorrow. So, definitely um, look at that stuff tomorrow. On Tuesday, Wednesday, the Hawks and the Lakers have a back-to-back. On Wednesday, Thursday, the Warriors have a back-to-back. The Pacers and the Pelicans have a back-to-back. And then OKC, Portland, and the Kings all have a back-to-back. So, maybe no Al Horford for the Thunder. Um... That's really the only guy I could see sitting out. And then my teams to stream this week um are just the teams with three games because clearly they play one more game than all the other teams. And that's Denver. So you're looking at a guy like uh, Jermichael Green, Will Barton, Monty Morris. Um, Have you heard about their new like backup point guard con, like Facundo Campazzo? Have you even seen his passes?
0: Uh, I saw one highlight on Reddit. It's pretty sexy.
1: He's throwing some nasty passes. Uh, Do you remember um, Milos Teodosic?
0: Jog my memory of who he is. The Milos name sounds familiar.
1: Um, I think he played on the Knicks, but he's playing in Europe right now. And he just has nasty passage, and he
0: kind of, kind of, uh, reminds me of. Campos. Oh, honestly. oh no, no, no! He played for the Clippers. Yeah, I kind yeah, of remember Clippers. this guy, goofy-haired. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the Knicks had Pablo Prigioni. Do you remember that guy? Hold on, let me look at it. Pablo Prigioni. Yeah. Okay, fun fact: There have only ever been two people in the NBA named Pablo. Oh yeah, I remember this this goober. He started <laughs> his first year in the league. He was thirty-five.
1: You gotta respect
0: the hustle, dude. Yeah. Um, speaking of respect, I saw a TikTok of a guy, a soccer player in Japan who became the oldest professional athlete. Oh, yeah. Like, He's ever. like... He's like oh. 55. Yeah. <laughs> He's been playing professional soccer for like 30 plus years. It's insane. He just loves the game, dude. dude good for him. Good for him. Um, But, yeah. So, so you're giving me a comparison there. Like, that's your draft a comparison is Lilo sure and pablo
1: he's another like foreign point guard <laughs> that, that passes well
0: good for him, well. good for him. I, I like yeah that.
1: so the nuggets are on there um i have indiana so you're looking at tj mcconnell doug mcdermott justin holiday um i have the pelicans so you're looking at like josh hart um I don't. I can't even really think of any other Pelicans that are worth picking up right now. Maybe JJ Redick, maybe Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, you have Portland, so guys like Derek Jones Jr., Rodney Hood, Gary Trent. I hope not. He's. I hope he's not available on your waiver wire. Um, and then Sacramento, and Sacramento doesn't really have that much value, honestly, uh, in terms of fantasy because all their decent guys I probably already picked up. But maybe Hassan Whiteside. I. I don't know. Can you think of any Kings players?
0: Yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to... I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who's actually like open right now. Um, that is worth maybe, having. Maybe... Maybe... Um, and you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation here, but... Nemanja Balencia? Nemanja Baliza. Baliza. You arrogant um, American. I, yeah. He... Has been filling in some minutes um, for them. He's been playing decent. I, I think if if you were really invested in the Kings, you could go for him. So he actually sat out uh, their last three games. Played tonight, put up eight, four, and three in only twelve minutes. But prior to that, like I assume he was injured. He had a game two weeks ago where he played 35 minutes, which is the most he's played all season, and put up 25-8 and eight with three assists and two steals to top that off. So he's a character that, you know, he appears to be their biggest bench scoring threat. So maybe there's a chance he rockets in value it just a little bit. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the Kings are kind of a shipwreck, honestly.
0: Well, I think that every single Kings starter is pretty yeah. consistent. And Tyrese Halliburton. Get... Yeah, and Tyrese Halliburton. But he's been sitting.
1: Yeah. They, they're really lacking some like backup three, four. They're like, really lacking on some backup forwards.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like just Tyrese. Harrison
1: Barnes. And then they make Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald like, play up.
0: Well, they make Bagley play as a forward because they've got Holmes. Bagley's a whole different bag of worms.
1: I'd like to see him on a different team.
0: Yeah, I think he's just playing out of position there.
1: Maybe on your Chicago Bulls? You'd like to see that? I
0: wouldn't be opposed to that. I think I've said – I've been on the record saying that I really want to go after John Collins, but I I don't mind Bagley.
1: I think right. John Collins might
0: find his way to the Celtics. Low key. Yeah, I think that might be a thing that happens in the next week or two. Cause the Celtics are looking for something. I mean they I think they're getting drum under, start under start John his... Collins. I think, I think, think they're gonna them, get their big man is the better option.
1: Yeah, John Collins would be looking like pass this year, you know. Yeah. Drummond would be like immediate help this season, which he could he could really help he could. them out, honestly.
0: He could, and the Cavs can't ask for too much, you know. Yeah, because like, he's just going to leave, only getting thirty games out of him. And you place.
1: give him like what Romeo Langford or like Carson Edwards, they'll probably take it.
0: No, you can ask for more than that because at that point, like that's dog shit.
1: Well, you throw in some picks, you know.
0: But yeah, that's what I'm saying. you got to throw in the pick. I mean, if you're the Celtics, like, I'd throw in two second rounders and Romeo Langford and Carson Edwards. I don't know. Easy. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a higher ask, though. I'm sure that somebody, like, honestly, if I'm the Celtics or, like, the Raptors, I'm willing to part with a first-round pick for him. Like, you know that you're going to have a – I need the like, guarantee 20s. from Drummond that, like,
1: he would – open to have, signing a new contract during the off season for a reasonable amount of money, you know, to play on a team yeah. that that's that yeah. is that good.
0: I mean, fellas coming off of making the big bucks, so that's always interesting to me. Like the guy that gets like overpaid, and not that Truman didn't necessarily deserve it, but just like given the circumstances, nothing ever really amounted of it. So it was really fine. But he's made his money now. Like do you ask for another big contractor? or do you go and try and actually win cuz he's just been on crap teams his whole career and is I, worth over 100 million dollars so
1: yeah i mean know. it comes down to what he values more you know the game of basketball and winning or money yeah
0: cuz i mean i still think that he is worth 20 million a year
1: yeah but i'm thinking he wants like 28
0: that's what he made this year he made 28 million a year or he made, yeah, he made 20 and he's, this year.
1: And like him and his agent are going to come into the meeting and be like, look, look what I did last year. I'll just do that every year for you.
0: Yeah, and he's, like, also, eh. he's also 28, which is like literally prime.
1: I could see him having one more big contract and then moving to a small contract after like four years when he's 32.
0: Yeah, maybe that's it. I could see him signing for like four years, 120. Which is what Gordon Ooh. Hayward got, right? Yeah, yeah, Andre something Drummond around there has a comparable impact to Gordon Hayward. I'd say so.
1: I mean, if I'm a GM, I'm just not sinking thirty mil into Andre Drummond. I just like can't.
0: Yeah, but somebody did it with Gordon Hayward, so like,
1: see, I would do, I would think about it for Gordon Hayward. Like, if I'm GM of the Hornets, I'm, I would think about doing that for Gordon Hayward, but not for Andre Drummond.
0: Really? What? Yeah. But for the Celtics, though, you already have your scorers. Like you're really just missing your your centerpiece and your big. You ha- you've already paid Tatum. You need to go pay Jalen Brown, Kemba. How much longer do they have Kemba for? I don't know. That contract's looking not to be too great, though. Yeah, and I mean, there was talks that they would move him. I mean, four
1: year, one hundred forty. Oh no, never mind. That's wrong. Huh? I think he's got two years left. I mean, that's tough. That's kind of tough.
0: Honestly, you could trade Kemba to. Nah, no. The Caps don't need Kemba. Yeah, they wouldn't take Kemba. Alrighty. We're totally. We're, we're so distracted right now. You
1: we're talking me. ball.
0: We're talking ball. We got to get on track, though, bro. Alright. You want to hear
1: my guys for this week?
0: Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear your guys. Who's your first one? Like some character like Jay Sean Tate?
1: Uh, my first guy is actually Jay Sean Tate, who is oh, currently 24% sorry. rostered on ESPN. Um, He plays on the Rockets. He's a rookie this year. And over the last two weeks, Con, he has been a top 70 fantasy value player. Um, That's He's averaging... Kind of massive. He's averaging 27 minutes, 10 points, five rebounds, 1.7 assists, and one steal, which may not blow you off the page, but um, he's been putting up pretty good numbers as of recent, and he gets the fourth highest usage on the team, Colin. When
0: that's um, massive.
1: right now, right now he has the fourth highest usage rate on the Rockets. Um, that's due to Christian Wood being out right now, and then Wall well, all and all the depots seem to like periodically miss like one or two games here and there, you know.
0: Yeah. And so, Cousins is.
1: Yeah, he's on the out. They're embracing small ball. So I think Jay Sean Tate's a must roster player because he, like, that opportunity he has on the Rockets is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think eventually the window of opportunity is going to close there, but I don't know when that is. And so absolutely for this little four-week four window, for four-day half-week, Pick him up. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna get the ball. I saw today that Oladipo turned down a pretty hefty contract extension.
1: Yeah, two years, forty five mil from the Rockets.
0: Which honestly, like, he'll, get more, that. That, yeah, he'll like, get more than that. he'll get more than that. Down, if I was Oladipo, that was the most the Rockets could offer. So
1: I'm like wondering why the Rockets are even like
0: offering him. Honestly,
1: like, is he um, really part of their future?
0: I don't see why not. I guess. I don't know. Like, John Wall's still young. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you could do something there. Like, make sure that you have the other pieces. But it's not like John Wall is so old. Like, he's 30. And he's putting up decent numbers this year. Putting up 20... 26.5 20, assists, 3.5 boards, 1 steal. effective field goal percentage. It's pretty decent. We take that. Yeah. And then you got Vic. I mean, Christian Wood. Like, I think that you can really start to build there. Like, those are three very solid pieces. So, yeah. I'd say so. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't watched a ton. I haven't watched them all play together a bunch. Because they haven't all been playing together. Yeah, but, but I think if they find a rhythm I think they'll be very formidable
1: I'm pretty sad about the amount of Christian Wood we've got to see this season
0: honestly right I mean he was so killer for my fantasy team and now he's just sitting on the bench him and Jaron Jackson just taking up space mad at them but with all that said Jay Sean Tate I mean what a guy what a character must have must have. Alrighty, um, I'm going to look into my fortune-telling ball and guess that you would like to speak about the Wooly Mammoth. Oh, I misread that. Theo Maladon.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so our second guy is Theo Maladon. He's currently 5.9% roster on ESPN. And um, I feel like there was a... There was some hype for Theo Maladon and Hamadou Diallo um, a couple weeks ago, Colin, when we were yeah, playing Daily like Fantasy. It. They were like must-haves in your Daily Fantasy lineup. And But then Theo Maladon dropped. Um, he missed like five games in a row due to health and safety protocols, so he might have got dropped. But he's actually been really good since returning from those five games he's missed. And he started. he has started the last 13 games for the Thunder. He's averaging 10 it's... points, 3.8 assists. 3.4 rebounds, 1.5 steals on 31 minutes per game. Um, his usage rate is on the rise. Um, in his most, in his second-to-last uh, most recent game, he had 13 points and 12 assists. And in the game before that, he had four steals. So I think good. we're looking at a guy that can contribute in a variety of ways every night. And I think he's going to keep starting even after George Hill gets back after the All-Star break. Because why would you start George Hill over this game? Yeah when you have no expectations for the
0: season. No, exactly. He's 19 years old. Um, another French little point guard. So shout out to the French for just pumping those bad boys out. But yeah, I think that he's been a little bit inconsistent game to game, but if you look at fantasy value, it seems to me that he kind of picks it up and accounts for it everywhere. Um, because, like, yesterday he only put – he had one point, but he had six assists. I mean, does that blow you out of the water? No. It's really not that great. But it's showing to me at least that he's playing. He's on the floor. He's contributing. I he's think the versatile. Yeah, I think the most important part about all this is that in his last 10 or so games, he's playing 32 and a half minutes.
1: Yeah, you love to see that.
0: Like, that's just facts. Like, that's just he's on the floor. He's on the floor, the floor, to the court. He's on all of them, and he's playing basketball. What more can you ask for? You know.
1: I mm, uh, yeah, I really like Theo Maladon. Uh, you know how hype we were, Colin, um, before the draft happened. I feel like we were both pretty high on Killian Hayes. I guess we were. Looking at the wrong French point guard yeah, to break out this French season. Guy.
0: Well, Killian I mean, Hayes got hurt. Like I'm still, I'm still of thinking he's going to be like, really good. I still think so too. Maybe he won't be phenomenal, but I like. I don't know. There was just something about watching his footwork that I still believe in him. I. It's so tough. He just looked, like, silky
1: smooth, you know, the way, like, Katie and Harden are.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, they
1: just glide out on the court.
0: That's what I'm saying. And, like, it's so tough to, like, actually translate and, like, watch highlights and be like, yes, like, this person is going to excel in the NBA. But I, I guess what I always go back to is if you look at Jason Tatum's mixtape and like his highlight reel from college it blows my mind that he didn't go number one overall like obviously Markel Fultz is doing whatever Markel Fultz is and Lonzo's had his ups and his downs but like you watch you watch those guys highlight reels and you're like man like they could be really good and you watch Jason Tatum's and you're like holy shit this guy and, is really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and any t- so that's just been like my, my thing. Like, anytime I watch like a highlight tape, if I'm like, holy shit, then that's kind of just like my bearer of like, okay, like, maybe this guy could like actually really excel. And when I watch Killian Hayes, I was like, holy shit. So we'll see what happens. The other guy, I was, this isn't like hot at all, but I was super high on Luca as the number one overall pick. So give me credit.
1: Humble brag,
0: humble brag.
1: I um, yeah, I was super high on LeBron being the number one pick in two thousand and yeah, five. Yeah, you really
0: you were dude, all the, over those draft put works. in the scouting work, dude. Yeah, I mean that must have been really tough, considering he's like the most hyped up prospect since Kareem. Hey, it was a tough choice. Hey, you know, what? hats off. You know, not everybody was out here being like, "Hey, this prodigy is gonna be good." You know, some people are like, hey, this prodigy is going to be like really bad. And that was Carlos Boozer, who was on the Cleveland Cavaliers the year before LeBron and said that LeBron wasn't better than anybody on the team. And a year later, LeBron was the best player on the Cavs, and Carlos Boozer was no longer a part of the organization. So, Shout out Carlos Boozer. Shout out Carlos Boozer. I low-key love
1: Carlos Boozer. Just for his time on the – I watched him on the Jazz team when he was yeah. playing with Darren Williams and I got to watch him when he was on those Bulls teams playing with Joakim Noah and Derrick uh, Rose
0: I had like nothing against Carlos Boozer but that was the offseason we struck out on LeBron Wade and <laughs> yeah, and, God like, damn all it. those guys and we had, had to settle fucking, for this guy Yeah we had fucking <laughs> Carlos Boozer's compensation I was just like are you <laughs> shitting me right now um no, you Carlos Boozer had one of the silkiest baseline jumpers I've ever seen. I mean, like, he would just, like, that, like, 15, 18-footer, it was just cash. And it would go, like, 40 feet in the air. It was an absolute rainbow shot. He is a guy
1: you did not want to, like, you did not look forward to playing Carlos Boozer.
0: No, he was kind of a monster on the boards, too. Him and yeah. Noah were... We're just absolutely dominant there. And you know they're gonna like
1: talk shit all game too.
0: Oh my god, dude. I just it popped up on my TikTok the other day of Joakim Noah like talking shit about the city of Cleveland and asking (laughs) if anybody's ever vacationed in Cleveland (laughs) before. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) He's so genuine about it too. He's like, Have you heard of anybody that vacations in Cleveland? I haven't. I haven't either. It's Cleveland. It's yeah, facts. Like, I'm not offended by that. Like do you hear of people that vacation in Indianapolis?
1: Yeah.
0: Who? Um people in for the combine?
1: Yeah. All right. March madness?
0: It's not really for Indiana. Uh, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay. Don't disrespect okay. my city, dude. Indianapolis is leagues ahead of Cleveland I, you're right yeah. I shouldn't have come gone on. in the same sentence
1: now Detroit and Cleveland alright you're talking about a comparison there.
0: Uh, I, I've been to I think you've been to Detroit it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be it was kind of fun I went to a Tigers game got a free hot dog So, Ooh,
1: a free glizzy
0: a free glizzy baby the glizzy monster you know who else is the glizzy monster Noah
1: the time lord
0: the time lord baby the time Love. lord do you know why they call him the time lord no i actually don't um because it's a character from a video game but it's because uh he can stop time and like slow down time to get all the blocks that he does
1: okay and uh, for any listener out there who doesn't know who the Time Lord is, we are talking about Mr. Robert Williams, um, who is currently 20.1% roster on ESPN. He is a backup big currently on the Celtics, but he's been getting more minutes um, over the past like five games, and I think he's going to push to eat up some more of Tice's and Tristan Thompson's minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know about Robert Williams, he's going to get you blocks. He's gonna get you boards and he shoots a super high field goal percentage. And Colin, in his last six games, Robert Williams has fifteen blocks and he didn't play in he didn't play more than eighteen minutes in any of those games.
0: Isn't that insane?
1: That's completely insane. That wins you
0: blocks right there. Uh actually he did he played twenty two minutes two days ago and he did play twenty one minutes the other day but no he's not putting in any sort of like ridiculous time and he's putting up two and a half blocks a game that's quite good
1: yeah that's really insane I think he's gonna honestly end up playing more minutes than both Tice and Thompson eventually and i think if he does he might he could be turning into one of these like walking you know double double guys as like three blocks every night um so you could be getting a lot of value there if you're willing to let him grow into that role
0: mhm no so this is a guy that i think we've discussed throughout the season is especially in a categories league just picking him up to win blocks because you know like I I think the average, for our league at least, like the average block winner is about 25 to 30 blocks. And if you're telling me in a week of play, he had eight, nine blocks, like that is pretty much a quarter of the blocks that you need, a third of the blocks that you need out of one guy. Who's shooting a pretty high field, a very high field goal percentage because he's only taking, like right near the rim, shots. He's eating up boards. Yeah, and so, um, what I wanted to say, Brad Stevens had said earlier in the season that as the season progresses, Robert Williams is going to see more time. They're going to work him into the lineup more as he develops. He's still pretty young. 23, third season in the NBA. So, yeah, I think that Robert Williams is only going to keep going up. I actually rostered him in both of the leagues that I'm in uh, earlier this week.
1: Smart move, honestly. Really smart move.
0: Nice, baby. Honestly, I did it just to like be competitive in blocks, and then I was. It was actually huge.
1: Should I move on to my next guy?
0: Yeah. I do uh, not much about this guy, so I'm pretty excited.
1: Yeah, so this is a guy who I really wanted to... who was probably going to be number one on my list if we had an episode last week, and that is Saban Lee, who is currently a point guard on the Detroit Pistons. Um, right now, he's 10.3% rostered on ESPN Leagues, but last Sunday, when I was doing my notes, he was 1.3% rostered. So he's gone up... Yeah, so he's gone up that much in just a week. But he's playing backup point guard right now um while Delon Wright is out, which is at least till the All-Star break. So he could get this guy for um um these four this four game day week. And he's looked really good. He's gotten twenty-six minutes in four straight games. He's averaging thirteen and a half points, three point three assists, three point three rebounds, and one point eight steals. And while he hasn't been starting, um, Dennis Smith Jr. has, but Dennis Smith Jr. honestly hasn't looked as good as Saban Lee. So I think that's a lot of potential upside, even when DeLon Wright comes back, that this guy could be getting the backup point guard minutes instead of Dennis Mm -hmm. Smith Jr. And I'm kind of excited to see what he does in the future, honestly. He's a guy who I would definitely think about picking up because he holds value while DeLon Wright is out and has potential value even after he comes back.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think what's really interesting is the kids only played 12 games so far this season, so it's not as though we have a massive sample size to go off of, and it's his rookie year. So I like the investment. I think that the Pistons, we've talked about it, they just don't really have a real direction. I think they're willing to put any and everybody in two spots just to see what happens. And if he's going to continue to play at the rate that he's been playing, I think he's absolutely going to continue to do the minutes. The 27 minutes is very attractive through the last four games that he started or played, not started. Um, Yeah. I, I think that's all I have to say about him. I am intrigued. I like his numbers. Very efficient.
1: Yeah. He's a, uh... He's a sneaky, sneaky pickup you could make in your league right now, I think. I don't think the average NBA fan knows a guy playing backup point guard who's, like, the fourth point guard on the actual roster right now for the Detroit Pistons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think most people would say, isn't Derrick Rose their point guard? And you'd be like, ah. no They don't
1: still got Chauncey Billups?
0: <laughs> isn't Rip Hamilton one point? They got Ben <laughs> Wallace out there. I actually
1: loved that Pistons team. That Pistons team was so good uh, when see, they I had
0: did... oh, How
1: do you hate would... that team?
0: Because they would compete with the Bulls.
1: Yeah, they team were, team were cooler than like the Bulls. Bulls. Ben Wallace know, and
0: ben Rashid Gordon. Wallace, ben Wallace was on were cooler, the
1: Bulls. cooler ben than Wallace. anyone on the Bulls. Okay, yeah. ben, ben Gordon was pretty cool. I actually really
0: like Ben Gordon. Yeah, Ben Gordon was pretty sick. Also, Ben Wallace was on the Bulls. So, how can Who would be, be your current
1: day comp for Ben Gordon? Like Jordan Clarkson? Was he better than Jordan Clarkson?
0: He was better than Jordan Clarkson. Um I don't know. Ben Gordon was pretty unique. I mean, I was also pretty young when he was like really relevant, so CJ um... Or is CJ yeah. better than him? Uh CJ and him are like dude, if I read you these numbers, he was he was a pretty much just like a scorer. So, yeah, like, his best season, he shot 45% from the field, 41 from three, 87 from the line, three boards, three and a half assists, 21 and a game. a game. Mm. So,
1: so, we're talking like, he's like starting caliber Lou Williams.
0: Yeah, like a Jamal Murray-esque stat. Okay, line, okay. I don't think that. The, I think that he was a little bit smaller than Jamal Murray. Maybe not. No, in my mind, in my mind, height. Ben
1: Gordon is like a shooting guard. You know, like I didn't know yeah. him for his playmaking.
0: Okay, so interesting. Um, yeah, Ben Gordon and Jamal Murray actually might be a very fair comparison. At the moment, um, right now, okay, this season. So, I, do you remember the stat line I just read you? Yeah. So Ben Gordon's best season, uh, forty-one from three, twenty-one and a half a game, three, three and three. Now Jamal Murray, so far this season, is averaging twenty-one and a half, four and a half assists, four and a half boards. Forty and a half from three, forty eight percent field goal percentage. That's Interesting. almost identical stat lines. So we take I have to like Jamal Murray is obviously like way more athletic than Ben Gordon was. Ben Gordon used a lot of his range. Um and I definitely I think struggled to create his shot a little bit more than Jamal. Cause he definitely tapered off a little bit after that, and then especially once Rose got to town, he he, he was shipped off.
1: Yeah, he was kind of small.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he was the best player on a Bulls team that like consistently made the playoffs as like a six seed.
1: Was Kirk Heinrich on that team?
0: Kirk Heinrich was on that team. I I liked Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich was yeah, he was like an all time bull. I I think Kirk Is Heinrich he actually? I
1: like that big, a lot. Like
0: a like a fan esque all time bull. Uh people You like Brad did... Miller? Uh or were you not watching those bulls, Steve? Brad Miller, that's probably a little bit before. Um he did two stints. He was he didn't really play oh he did. He did. Oh, I remember Brad Miller. Yeah, Brad Miller was fine. He was like part of like the bench mob mostly. He would start a couple games, but yeah. And, uh, Brad he's Brad Miller, he see he played like two and a half seasons with Chicago. Like he wasn't like a consistent guy. Kirk Heinrich like is up there on like all time games played for the Bulls. Wow. Yeah, people forget. Captain Kirk, baby. Kirk and the goggles was nasty. You didn't. You didn't want to the play Kirk and the goggles. He looked good, dude.
1: He could. He low key did rock him.
0: You no. Know, I mean, like it was intimidating. You'd be intimidated. because, like, <laughs> like this guy looks like such a goddamn nerd.
1: This guy uh, looks like a nerd, and he's balling this hard. He must give no fucks. He's a loose yeah. cannon.
0: I mean, people forget it. it's like LeBron, Melo, Bosh, Wade. Chris came in my pants. Kirk Heinrich. Chris. That was the 2003 draft.
1: The Goats. The Mount Rushmore of the NBA players.
0: Yeah. Um, In terms of value over a remaining player, Kirk Heinrich was the eighth best pick of the draft.
1: We take that.
0: I'm okay with that. Who do you think was the best pick of the draft? LeBron. Yeah, it was LeBron, and it wasn't really even that close.
1: Nice.
0: Wade uh, was number two. Kyle Korver has creeped his way up to six. I think that's just because he's played forever.
1: Kyle Korver was kind
0: of a killer, though. Uh, I remember him watching him play. That Kyle Korver, he was on the Bulls. He was so much fun. Kyle Korver, I think he's played with, like, the most teams ever. God, it's just an interesting basketball reference page. Alrighty, uh, who do want Oh, oh, this next guy I actually picked him up t- uh, for today. Malik Monk. He's been a little bit on fire. Yeah. Since today. Um, Malik Monk is is an interesting guy. I was actually talking to people about that Kentucky team because I forgot. It was him, Bam, and De'Aaron Fox, which is a stacked team. Yeah, just absolutely loaded. And he was the number two option. I mean, he had taken over Bam in the draft for a reason. Um, but I like him. He's putting up the most points out of all four seasons he's been in the league so far, doing twelve and a half. He's not a big assist guy. Only one and a half assists, three boards. Um, you're not really picking him up for his extracurricular stuff. He's pretty much just a buckets guy, but he's been on a bit of a terror. He's put up over 20 20 or more points in four of his last five games. Um, I like that. I mean, the Hornets are giving him the shots. He's getting the minutes. And sometimes it's not even taking a lot of minutes. Like, he's getting up 11, 12, 13, 20 shots in less than 30 minutes. So, clearly making it work. What What are you thinking about Malik? Mark? I know I, I kind of ramp a little bit there.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because he's a guy who we've got to see for a little. So, you, mm-hmm. like... If you're an optimist, you could say, oh, Malik Monk might be making a leap, you know? Like, he could be finally developing Mm -hmm. into what the Hornets thought he was going to be. And then, if you're a pessimist, you could be like, you could say this isn't very sustainable. Um, He's been doing this while Devontae Graham has been out. So, we'll have to see how his minutes and shots look after Devontae Graham comes back. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's averaging 20.8 points, 4.6 rebounds on four threes a game in the last five games. And he's shooting oh, yeah. 49 field goal, 47, 3.70 uh, free throw right now. So if he can keep this up, you will have to roster him. But we'll just have to see if he can keep this up, you know?
0: Yeah, but especially in the two-game week. Yeah,
1: I, it, I would. De- he's definitely an option for this shortened uh, time before the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, so... Boom. Uh, Who else do you got? Um, You just want to rattle off some names, and then I think it'll be important for us to talk about who is potentially going to be coming back from injury after the All-Star break, and then next week's episode we can talk about who actually is going to be coming back.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, so, guys, uh, this week that I also had on my uh, pickup list were Josh Hart. Michael Carter-Williams, uh, Tristan Thompson, David Nawaba, uh, Facundo Campazzo, Jemichael Green, Monty Morris, uh, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, Dennis Smith Jr., Sadiq Bay, Danwell House Jr., Bruce Brown, and Jalen Brunson
0: are my guys to pick up. I yes, sir. I like those picks. Um, Jalen Brunson's been kind of a dog. He's been yeah, playing he well. has been. He's been playing well. Lucas has been spreading the ball a little bit more. His scoring's actually a little bit down these last few games, but assist totals are up. Probably smart. Probably smart. Alrighty, so I think it's it's most important for us to focus on guys that you should be picking up. This like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, while well, the waivers are just totally dead, and guys that like are probably gonna be coming back because then you can take advantage of the break in action and pick up guys who've been out that are on the waiver wires but are coming back and deserve a spot on a roster. you good with that, Noah, yeah. Uh, already, Cam Reddish has sat out a handful of games now, um, but I believe that he will be coming back soon. Do you like Cam Reddish as a full-time roster spot?
1: Uh, uh, full-time roster spot, no. Waiver Wire guy you pick up for a game here or there, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, looks like DeAndre Hunter has progressed. To weight weight-bearing exercises and some on court as he rehabs from surgery. Probably won't be ready, San, after the All-Star break, but more to come on that. That update was also from two weeks ago, so who knows. Uh, Marcus Smart is hoping to be back after the All-Star break. That's pretty big. Very big. You like Marcus Smart as a full-time roster spot.
1: Yeah, if Marcus Smart is on the waiver wire, he should not be on your waiver wire. That's all I gotta say about
0: that. He's seventy percent rostered according to ESPN. So.
1: That's if he's available, go pick him up right now. A It'll be worth the, the wait.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Devonte Graham has been sitting out. Um, that's that's been a short term thing, right? Like Devonte yeah. Graham's probably not on a ton of waiver wires.
1: Laurie Markinin, is he coming back after the All Star break?
0: I don't. No. Um, Like, what the situation with Markkinen is? I I think so, because there's a chance he was actually going to come back before, so I think he'll be fully healthy. He's 62% rostered. I just don't know what we're doing with Laurie, because we've been almost playing better without him. Obviously, he's a very talented player, and we need to figure out a way to incorporate him if we want to incorporate him, but I'm just not sure. Uh, But, yes, take him. Uh. Kevin Love is expected is not expected to return before the All-Star break, so I'm hoping that means that he's coming back afterwards.
1: So do I, because I have him on my team right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And so he has been,
0: been eating my- up a spot for weeks. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: But if he's available, like, I don't know. I don't think he should have, like, I didn't drop him because I don't think a guy like Kevin Love should be. On the waiver wire,
0: you know? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Because if he starts playing, he will be so effective. Yeah. Uh, Christian Wood is in all likelihood going to be back. So that is huge uh, after the All Star break. Karis LeVert, um is expected to be ready to make his Pacers debut at some point in March yes, sir. After the All Star break.
1: Let's go. Really like really good news. I think an update actually came out today saying um, giving some more details on that and how he was gearing up for his return. And he's moving closer to returning just straight full contact participation and practice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which is great news because, you know, at the beginning of this we were worried if he was gonna yeah. miss the whole season. So yeah. getting him back is gonna just be a huge boost for the team in both playing and morale, honestly. The Pacers really need it.
0: Yeah, especially because update came out the other day that TJ Warren is not expected to be back anytime soon. Still believed to be months away. So who knows? Yeah, who I just really he's... want Carousel Vert back so bad. Fair enough. Uh... Jaron
1: Jackson Jr.? Jaren Any Jaren updates?
0: Jackson Jr. Here we go. The Grizzlies are optimistic that Jackson will be ready to make his season debut sometime after the All-Star break. Still being so shady about it. Yeah. I mean, so that report is from two and a half weeks ago. At some point, if he just doesn't come back, I'm, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Throw my computer at a wall. Not sure. Um. Yeah, that one just sucks. D'Angelo Russell is still going to be out after the All-Star break. That's going to be a little bit longer, but I don't think that anybody's dropped D'Lo, right? No. No. Yeah, you'd be pretty dumb to do that, I think at least. Yeah, 80% rostered. I don't know what 20% of leagues he's not rostered, but go pick him up right now. Uh, Alfred Payton looks like he'll be back. He's just been missing some day-to-day stuff. Mitchell Robinson, underwent successful surgery. So, nope, nothing there. Um, Just trying to go through big names now.
1: Um, I think CJ McCollum and Yusuf yeah. Nurkic are both giving a worth giving a talk about. Um, so he, Nurkic was projected to miss six weeks, and he hurt himself on January twentieth. So that's been, it's been about one two. It's been about almost six weeks. So he's going to come back in early March, and CJ McCollum is also projected to come back in early March. So we could see the. Um I think Nurkic did get dropped in our league. So he could yeah. potentially be available on your waiver wire and he would be worth picking up. And then if you're a CJ McCollum owner, you should be happy because he's almost back.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um he, this the ESPN report is indicating that Nurkic in all likelihood will be back after the All-Star break because there was talk of him actually coming back before, but CJ their latest report was from February 16th and they said he would be reevaluated in 2 weeks. So, nothing out about that yet. Um anybody else? It doesn't really look like anybody <laughs> super crazy uh outside of COVID cases that we need to talk about. Uh so with that, anything else that you have in your mind that you need to get out there to our fans, Noah?
1: I think that's it. I think a pretty good bounce back episode after missing a week. You know, Absolutely. I was ready to get in the lab.
0: Yeah, we're here. We're here. We're labbing it up, baby. Alrighty. Well, with all that, I know we got to wrap up kind of quickly. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. Noah and I appreciate your love and support. However, that may come. And we look forward to putting out our Wednesday episode this week. Stay tuned.
1: See you guys.